Welcome everyone to episode 77 of Calling in the Power Ring. I am your co-host, Matt Turner. With me as always, my good buddy, my tag partner from the ever popular Team Bloom Gold, oh. the one and only, the Gobbly Gooker himself, Andy Hatter. <laughs> oh my, the Gobbly Gooker. How's it going? Good. How are we doing on this uh, few days on this Thanksgiving uh, break that I guess we both have? Yeah, three days off I had, so that was pretty nice. In a row. <laughs> three days off, I should specify, in a, in a row, which is kind of rare. I'm, I'm doing good. How are you? Did you did you eat a lot? I sure did. I was fully planning on gorging myself. I had two plates. <laughs> oh, you know, oh, it's weird because everyone's like, "Oh, Thanksgiving is the day you cheat on your diet." Like, if you think about it, like, okay, I had turkey, like, so you have that. I take the skin off, no gravy. Then you have sweet potatoes, so those are really good. Now, granted, Amber makes the sweet potatoes and she covers them in brown but, sugar, but it is yeah, what it is. And, and then I had broccoli, and lima beans, and then water. So. Oh, wow, that ain't that bad. Well, I had all so, the bad stuff, so, you know, uh, I had gravy, stuffing, corn, vegetables. My mom makes a bunch of vegetables, macaroni and cheese, little stuff like that. So, but turkey by itself is kind of good for you. Yeah, I always, take the, I always just take the skin off. I mean, when you cook it with the skin, even yeah, skin, I, I, it, so it, do it, I. Makes, it, it makes it moist, and then I just take the skin off because that skin has a really high fat, so it's Yeah, so. and usually the skin isn't too good. It's not like fried chicken skin, where, you know, it's like, oh, this is delicious. It's kind of like, I'm just going to take this turkey skin off and throw it to the side. Now, however, we did, what we do, we do, we do this every year since I got married and moved up this way. We will do uh, dinner at her grandmother's, and they live about a mile away. And then we go over to, we head back down to uh, Old Forge, okay. obviously where I'm from. And we go over to my grandmother's, my grandparents, we had dessert there. So we had four or five different kinds of pies. So Ooh, I was oh like, my. Which, yeah, I was like, which one do I want? I'm like, I'll take a sample of each. So that's <laughs> there what you I go. did. You could take a little piece of yeast that equals one normal piece of what would be one. Yeah, and then we went to the local Walmart, like we always do, the one they built up in Taylor about three or four years ago, and that's when Amber started to shopping, and we had Lily with us, and uh, I felt bad because, you know, poor Lily, we had a poor with her, but it wasn't, it was nowhere near as bad, but she survived, and then the, the girls, they pretty much slept the way home, I drove, and then Amber got up around... She usually gets up like around four or five, but she's been doing a lot of her shopping online just because the deals are better, and she just doesn't want to deal with all the uh, all the, the rigmaroles. I think she got up around six. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, she was usually she's gone to about three or four, but I think she was back around twelve thirty one o'clock. So, hmm, nice. So that's how that went. So yeah, when the, the shopping will continue, I get random text messages throughout the day, even though she's literally too. Um, about 10 feet away about what she wants and like well that's what she needs to do because if she doesn't tell me exactly what she wants and what ones I can order I, I'll mess it up so but but you did pick up a, a game I'm really interested you said uh, before we we started recording that's probably coming today so I'm really interested to uh, to, to hear you um, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to be playing this game that uh, should be coming in today for you I, I think I'm still hardcore in Pokemon here let me just I, I, I gotta try I hit something on my mouse here I'm just gonna stop it real quick and then start it no one will notice, none of the listeners. Okay. I don't know what I did there, but I got rid of something. <laughs> but it's working, so. Anyway. Yeah, I got Devil May Cry for 15 bucks. I know Walmart had it for 20 but Best Buy had it for 15 I think GameStop might have had it for 15 as well. I didn't play it at all. And obviously it's coming today because Amazon has their own delivery. And it said <laughs> it's coming from 1 to 5 p.m. today, which is pretty cool. And then I got a... Uh, what else? Resident Evil 2 was uh, the new one. Well, the, the, I guess you could say the redone one. Was 20, 15 Best Buy. I think I got for 20 off GameStop just because I was there. And uh, the PlayStation Crows were 40 bucks. I picked up two of those. 
And what was the other game? I know my friend gave me money, so I got God of War, which is 10 bucks. That's well worth it. The new one. Four, I guess you would say. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, which is really good. And Spider-Man was 15 so he wanted those three games. So those three games for 55 bucks, that's a deal. Yeah, and I think, I think the Spider-Man one that's out is the game of the year edition. Because I know Amber was telling me she got it for whenever my nephews come over. They always want to play Spider-Man, which is weird because there's three of them. When I was trying to play a multiplayer game. Yeah. And I think I think somebody got them a PlayStation 4 for Christmas, and then Amber went and got the game. And I said, I think that's the game of the year edition, so it has more of the stuff that, you know... Yeah, there's like DLC. All the, all the bonus stuff, yeah. There's, like, more stories with Black Cat and something else. Because she's in it, right? I remember her being yeah. in it. Yeah, because you get that one suit from her. If you do that one mission, I think I think I think the first side, first DLC was uh, her mission. Yeah, yeah, and then there's that, and I think there's another DLC that's just suits, and then there's another one with, uh, I don't know if you fight different a new bad guy or something. I, I don't know, but there's I think there's three DLCs total. I didn't play any of them. Yeah, hold on, I got Lily in the room. Lil, don't tell the boys that they got a, a PS4 <laughs> for Christmas. All right? She's like, I'm telling them right now. Yeah. You know what's so, funny? Because they they do shady deals at Walmart and stuff. Like, if you looked at the Walmart flyer. It said that uh, the one PlayStation deal they had, the, the six per store, right? And uh, I work for Pepsi, so I'm in and out. I'm in the back of Walmart. There was a whole pallet of them. I'm like, I see what you're doing there. Oh, we only got six. We only got six. I'm like, a whole pallet. Well, that's like pro, when pro wrestling floors, like this show will sell out. Get your tickets this week. And then it's like $1,000. Yeah. Like they probably sold the six. I'm like, oh, hold on. Let's go to the back. Oh, we got six more. <laughs> you know, meanwhile, they have 50 of them. They fell out of Santa's sleigh. Yeah. <laughs> more, more fell in the back. So it's a shady business there. They did that with that, and I think there was TVs, and I seen two pallets of TVs there. Well, if you do get a chance to play Devil May Cry 5, just let me know. Shoot me a text and let me know what you think. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try it, because I know you can be uh, both Dante and Nero and the new guy that looks exactly like Cody Rhodes. So I don't, I forget his name. Cody Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, Cody Rhodes. So, but hey, that play, that game was like so. Think like two days. I actually bought it Wednesday morning. It was on sale at Best Buy. Or, Best Buy. So I ordered it then, and I was like, "Well, okay, why not?" And it was shipped Thursday, so I'm like, "Wow, they're they're not messing around at all." It, but it was yeah, it's, it's fast. Yeah, it's it was fifty nine ninety nine. I got four packages delivered to me yesterday. Oh, wow. This is Sundays. You're going to see a lot of Sunday packages. Oh, yeah. At least for me, people are on Sundays. And now that Amazon has their uh, their own delivery truck, I don't know if you got anything from them. It's like a gray van they have. And they just knock on the door and say Amazon. They hand your package and they even go on Sundays, so you get stuff instantly. Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. Let's jump right into the wrestling stuff. Uh, let's get right into the two big shows this past week, the Takeover and Survivor Series. I thought both these shows were really, really good. Yeah, I, so I, I caught uh, Survivor Series, actually. I didn't watch it live, and then because, you know, holiday stuff, I was busy. I watched it on Thanksgiving morning. So, <laughs> about that, the Thanksgiving tradition continues, as they say. Yeah, you, you made your own Thanksgiving yeah. tradition. Look at that. But uh, I, I thought it was pretty well. Let's start with NXT. Let's go with that. I thought NXT was really good. Yeah, you know, there was four matches, and all four were different. Obviously, you had you started with the women's war games, which was different from the men, just, you know, for a couple different reasons. Number one, you had a really good heel turn in the middle of it, with uh, Dakota Kai turning on her team. Um, the Tegan. The a feud with her and Tegan Knox, so I'm excited about that. Obviously, they get, you know, Rhea Ripley guy gets crazy over it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to it. In the second match, you had the three-way for the number one contendership. So with uh, you had uh, Pete Dunne, uh, Killian Dane, and Damian Priest. Then you had the the only singles match: Michelle Balor and Matt Riddle. And then it ended with uh, Undisputed Era and the War Games match versus Team Champa with that really awesome 
uh, surprise uh, surprise entrance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I, 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 I didn't. Wish I, was that a show, right? Yeah, we wrote that show. So I didn't watch this live. But then I watched it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I came home and I was like, I think I just went right to bed and watched it the next day. But uh, yeah. still, still enjoyed it. I, and I heard who won, but I'm like, you know what? Still, I, I, I thought the show was great. There was a match I think before. I don't know if it was on the preview show. If there was one, and it was Angel Garza defeated uh, former Swerve Strickland, who is now Isaiah Scott. That was either on the pre-show or something that they're gonna. T- oh no, they don't take anything anymore. Yeah, remember live now? So. Yeah. So I guess it was a pre-show. I don't. Do they have a pre-show for takeovers? I'm usually never home for a takeover live, so. They yeah. usually do. Now I went to. I the only takeover I went to live was the one they did before WrestleMania, obviously because I was in New York and they had three matches. I forget what they were, but they usually usually do four or five matches and then they'll, some of them we paid for their show, but obviously the Wednesday Night Wars. So yeah, maybe that'll be something like a YouTube exclusive or something. Yeah. Because I know they shot an angle with Leo when uh, Garza won, he came backstage and uh, Leo Rush smacked him in the face. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Steve Carino came and broke up. The oh, party, so oh! I thought that was pretty. Cool. Well, that so. is pretty cool. Steve Carino, who's uh, uh, a trainer down at the uh, Performance Center. Before we run into, we run, we, uh, you know, run into this and rewind and you know say who got what right when we got of each match. I do when I left the show me about ten minutes before you did. You're wrestling in Berwick, so it was about an eighty minute drive for me back. So what it did is I put the network on. I just want to listen, and as soon as I put it on, I saw. Kevin Owens was there, and I'm like, oh, I missed that pop. And then I was about 10 minutes into my drive, and I was stopped at the red light, and I just looked over, and I did see the finish. I think I texted you the next day. I'm like, wait, you see the finish of, of what Chamba did to Cole, and then they showed Britt Baker in the crowd. I'm like, no, oh, they could have. They didn't have to do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any heat there from AW. I mean, it's her boyfriend, so of course she's going to go. Yeah, maybe. I know Marl said Britt Baker, too. He's like, Britt Baker. <laughs> it's like, she, he's just said, she's a dentist, you know? <laughs> Let's run it down. It started with Team Baser, with Shayna Baser, Kaylee Ray, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair. This is Team Ripley. Obviously, Mia Yim gets taken out early. So they replace her with Dakota Kai. So Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox, Candice LeRae, and uh, Rhea Ripley. Yeah, and Dakota uh, Kai has her, her new look there. And did you see Tegan Knox's look? I don't know if that's where you're going. Did you see what she had on? No, I didn't. Okay, so Tegan Knox, before she had Captain Marvel gear, it was like blue and, and I think it was like. I want to say blue and gold, but maybe there's another color. I don't know, still in our colors. But she had the, uh, the all the neon colored suit. You know, in the movie when she's like tapping her thing when she's with the little, uh, oh I forget her name, the little girl that's she's her friend, but her friend's daughter, and she's like, what colors are you getting? And she tapped her suit and she's like black with like neon green and yellow and pink and everything. Oh, okay, they just released a special edition pop. Yeah, like that. Yeah, she, well, Tiganox had that, her gear version of that, and her jacket. Is uh, Carol's bomber jacket, but instead of Carol, it says uh, Tegan on it. I was like, that's pretty cool. And the, and the yeah. symbol is like Captain Marvel, but it says Tegan Knox on the back. I was like, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that is pretty neat. The one thing I do want to point out is the big, I don't know if they have to or she already is a face. Io Shirai, I know she's like evil now. She's she's probably the most over person yeah. uh, outside of Rhea Ripley in this match. I mean, she comes out and they're doing the huddle to see who's going to start. And Io just comes down, and everyone chants her name, and she did yeah, the coolest spot. Like she's just so super over. Yeah, I think they, they. I know she was face, and then she turned heel, which I thought was maybe too soon. And then she has the, the new new gear. But yeah, they, I think they gotta make her face again, or at least make her where she acts like a heel, but she beats up bad guys. You know? Yeah, I don't know, but I thought this was really really good. I did like the heel turn in it, and it is very old school, where it was a four on two advantage. 
And uh, obviously, Rhea Ripley gets over huge here too. But Candice LeRae, I mean, she was the other two in the four and two. And I thought she looked, I thought everybody looked really, really good in this match. And I, I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with the Tegan Knox versus uh, Dakota Kai. But uh, all in all, I thought this was really good. I like the handcuff spot where. Oh, Tina, yeah. Yeah, with the handcuffs and then Rhea turn, turns it on him. Yeah, because Shane goes for like the big kick and then uh, she ducks and then gets her in what Riptide, which is kind of like the pump handle slam thing. But it is much cooler than a normal pump handle slam. But that was cool. And then obviously, Yoshirai's moves off the top. But there was a lot of good stuff in this. Bianca Belair had a good uh, showing this match. With the press slam and yeah. the cage. But how, how about what set up the, the moonsault? Is uh, Io and Candice were fighting on top of the cage. And then I believe it was Bianca Belair comes up. Uh, no, it was Kaylee Ray comes up behind Candice. And Candice does a uh, reverse run yeah. on the top rope. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, I like that. Bianca Belair had a nice 450 off the off the top rope on some. I forget who, but there was a lot of good spots in this. I mean, it was kind of I was like, eh, it's only two versus four. Like, how are they gonna win? But then they did win, so I was like, oh, I didn't mind. Then after, but it made sense. It made sense. And how about when uh, Rhea Ripley had her leg submission on on the corner? I believe on Io Shirai, and then on the uh, Jason corner right across the way, uh, Candice LeRae was in the uh, the choke. Oh, yeah. So they're kind of like looking at each other, like who's going to tap first, who's going to let go first. I thought that was a cool spot. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I, when when yeah. Candace first came in, too, with the, the kendo stick, she was beating the hell out of everybody with that. I was like, whoa. Yeah, she's a little, 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 little stiff-ski. But yeah. this is great. Obviously, it's, it's clearly sets up really the the Baszler. But now, you do this. I mean, obviously, you can do this for a takeover. But you built this up on TV for like a week or two, and then have this as like a 22, you know, 20, 22 main, event. main event on your TV just to win another week on the Wednesday Night Wars. Yeah, I think you do that. Yeah, and we'll see what they do because I mean, there's a lot set up with the men's too, and we can even there's a lot of different ways they're going to go with the Adam Cole stuff as well. Oh but yeah, this is really good. Obviously, we between Shayna Baszler with the uh, the hip tie through the two chains. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. I, I, I thought the whole match was was very good, and I think what one do I have the time here? Twenty seven minutes. So I went a little long, but you have to go long because it's what. Uh, the first person comes. The first two people come out. Then I think it's five minutes, and then after that, it's three minutes for everybody or something like that. So and yeah. then the match can't end until everyone's obviously in the ring, and then it's the match beyond, as Dusty used to say. Yeah, and then we move to the triple threat match for the number one contenders. Uh, uh, we, me and you both got that right. We both picked uh, two Ripley to win. That triple threat match for the number one contendership. The winner of this goes on to wrestle Adam Cole, the next time Survivor Series. Now, before I watched this, because uh, I didn't see this until I think maybe Monday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I was listening to a review, and the review was dead on. This match was great, but there's so many f- crazy falsies towards the end. The crowd stopped buying at the last two or three falsies. And I was like, huh, oh, that's kind of weird. Then I watched it. I was like, man, this review is dead on. But I thought this was really good to exceed my expectations. Uh, Pete Dunn, I thought the finish was really cool. He gets the uh, the bitter end on Damian Priest, and then Killian Dane comes and puts Pete Dunn in the choke. And then he basically does a back senton. Uh, with Killian Bane yeah. onto Damian Priest and gets, like, gets the three count. I thought this was really good, but yeah, if I'm going to be super critical about it, there was, they could have cut off maybe two or three of yeah, the balls. This one went almost 20 minutes, and I'm, I'm not that big on Damian Priest, Punisher Martinez, slash, well, whatever, and uh, or Killian Dane, really. I like Pete Dunne, so I wasn't super in this match, but yeah, at the end it was kind of like, alright, just just finish this up already. Especially because they're like, there's two guys and they're so much bigger than Pete Dunne, and it's like, well, how, how's he going to win, you know? And then it's like, oh. I think he hit the bitter end twice, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I like that yeah. move. That's cool. But, uh, yeah. I, I said Damian Priest would win because I thought Vince would look at him and be like, oh, look, this guy is so big. But they had Pete Dunn win, and, of course, he wanted to have a great match, so can't complain. 
Yeah, I thought this was really good. It seems like when you get into those long falsies, it just goes to show you how like well all Japan and the like, King's Road stuff in the mid to or, or the early to mid nineties with like Masawa, Kawada, Kabashi, those guys like they had those long drawn out falsies, but they, but they made it work. And like I said, these guys were really really good. It was just a little bit too much. All, overall, they exceeded my expectations, and I had peaked on winning, so um, I picked that one up right. And then we go into the only singles match of the uh, of the night. Finn Balor uh, makes his return to NXT Takeover versus Matt Riddle. And surprise, surprise, this was a fantastic match. Yeah, maybe a little bit slower than what people thought, but I, I still really liked it. Uh, Finn Balor obviously doing his his heel stuff here, so he, it seems like now he's using the Bloody Sunday as the finisher. The what do they call it? Nineteen sixteen. Yeah. He does that, and it is the reverse version. So Bloody Sunday in reverse or inverted, whatever you want to call it. And they, but he did go for the double stomp, though. He did hit the one where he uh, took Matt down and did like a, a short little double stomp, too. But I thought this was was, was a great match. And it, it, it left you wanting more. So yeah. They, they, they have more matches like this. But yeah, I was thinking about that as well. When Riddle, you know, they, they did a really good hype package for him. Riddle's like, I don't want the Finn Balor that was on Mondays and Tuesdays. You know, he's a whip. He's like, I want the guy that through NXT and then they go back to Valor and he's like oh he's like don't worry you're gonna get the prince I was like oh man yeah. and then yeah you're exactly right you got ever since he did that kind of heel turn and then, I mean now if you you know with the ending of what happened on Wednesday I don't think it's a heel turn it's more of a tweener turn and we'll get into that later in the show he's not using the double stop he's using the bloody Sunday which I think is a, a much more devastating finish uh, anyway so yeah and if yeah, he wants he to the, he can just do that and then go up and hit the double stop coup de gras anyway you know yeah, yeah. Either, either or. I mean, it just shows you he's got a couple more uh, tricks in the bag. But I think he's worked, especially if you watch, you know, his heel, Vince Devitt stuff, when he was the original leader of the Bullet Club, the way he would work, and the way he would build up for the Bloody Sunday. I thought it was just better than the double stop. And I was like, that's what he's doing here. So, yeah, I absolutely love this match. And hopefully we get to see, hopefully Riddle gets to see that. Because Riddle's been losing a lot of big matches. And he is ridiculously over. Yeah, definitely. But I think but, I think yeah. they might have maybe the next takeover they'll have maybe a, a second one maybe they have a second one on weekly TV and then the third one some type of uh, stipulation of some sort. Yeah, well they're going to be using a lot of these great matches. You're going to see a lot of this on TV just so they can you know compete with AEW. So which hey it was great you know more progressive yeah. for us. So well, we both had Balor winning and uh, so we were both correct. So then we move into the main event. Which was uh, Team uh, Champa, which was Tommaso Champa, Keith Lee, Donovan Dijak, Dijak, and the mystery person turned out to be Kevin Owens versus the Undisputed Era. Obviously, Roderick Strong, uh, Adam Cole, and then you know Red Dragon, whatever you want to call him, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. I thought this was the best match of probably the weekend. Yeah, this this was really good. Um, did you notice before we get into it what uh, Dijak, what his outfit was when he came out? <laughs> I noticed all this what? stuff. But he had a, he had a, he had a hood on and he came out with the hood up, but he took it off right away. But he, his it was M Bison themed. It had the little Shadow symbol on his on his hood, and it had the shoulder pads like M Bison. I was like, oh man! And it was he had his gear was maroon and silver too. I'm like, man, keep that M Bison jacket on a little bit longer. What he used to do now? Have you ever seen the Rocky movies or know of the Rocky? Yeah, what is he? Because he looks like what's his name? Uh, Ivan, Ivan Drago. Drago. Yeah, whenever he had a big title match in Ring of Honor, he would come dressed up like like Ivan Drago. Oh, that's he's, cool. I mean, he's got yeah, he, he kind of he's big like and he kind of has the same hairstyle. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, but I, I did like the M Bison gear, and also Champa came out with his his war pants because he's a psycho killer. But do you notice what his mask was that he had on? Go ahead, sir. It's uh, Casey Jones. Casey Jones, yeah. Wow, did not pick that up. Yeah, it's that, but it kind of looks a lot like the uh, 
the Splatterhouse games too. They all I forget the guy's name. I think it's, it just has a normal name, like Keith or something like that. Turbo Graphics. Yeah, yeah, but it's kind of like it's in between that. But it looks more like Casey Jones, like that. That's a that's a sweet mask that he has on there. But again, he took that off real quick. I'm like, oh, leave that on a little bit. Let the crowd, let the crowd get that in. You know, sell that merch. <laughs> Yeah, I thought this was really good. Obviously, the Undisputed Era, they work so well as heels, even though they dare, they remind me so much like the horse, where they're supposed to be heels, and they do healer stuff. No, people but like them because they're so good. Like the, like the wool for Ric Flair, and so it was always over, just like how the Adam Cole baby is super over. So, I mean, I, I think the, they just need to keep those guys together. They just need to keep together yeah. as long as humanly possible. Vince is really big on uh, breaking up things that, that work. I mean, he hasn't done it with the new day yet, so hopefully hopefully he uh, they keep it for a while. But I thought this was great. All the heel stuff was great. Adam Cole coming in and throwing in a zillion tables. <laughs> yeah, all the tables. That and was good stuff. Getting the ring champ out, uh, kicks him right to the table that was uh, that was kind of like catty corner to open the rail. Yeah, they kind of, even when he set up, they're like, why is he setting that table up? And I was like, yeah, why is he set up like that? But just to take that spot, but hey, whatever. It, it worked. You knew as soon as we had the table set up, you knew when you're thinking of the way of a wrestler. I'm like, oh, that's getting used, that's getting used soon. About 90 seconds later, I'm like, yeah, there yep. it is. And it made sense for the spot because it's like, okay, well, now it's a, now it's a midi three-on-three advantage. And then you're just waiting to see who the fourth guy is. And I had, you know, I'm like, oh, I wasn't even thinking of Kevin Owens. I know we were talking John Morrison and saying maybe Riddle. Maybe the whole Johnny Gargano thing is, it, it is just the work. And then, uh, you know, they timed it perfect. Like, yeah, nobody's coming out, nobody's coming out. And then Kevin Owens, he gets a monster. Yeah, and he had his old NXT shirt on with the duct tape KO. That was cool. Yeah, and then they did the cool spots with him. Now, him, Adam Cole, Champ, uh, those guys are really, really close in real life. So it's cool to see him and Adam Cole. They were teased the package pile driver in between the two rings, and Adam Cole wants to get me. Panama Sunrise, the uh, Canadian Destroyer, onto the onto the, the ramp. So yeah, right he, in the middle Ke- there. Ke- yeah, Kevin Owens is a big star, and he he showed up and he gave those guys a lot. He gave those guys, you know, made not that they needed any help, but he made them look better than they already did. Oh, so yeah. I, thought, I thought that was great. I, I think they sent him to NXT. I know they're doing stuff with him on Raw now, but man, just leave him NXT. <laughs> like yeah. one night he's been used better there than he was in the past. I don't know, five months on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? But then that finish, I mean, jeez. I'm like, I touched the next day. Oh, yeah, that was insane. Like, yeah, that was crazy. The, the Kryptonite Crunch, what, did they call it Air Raid Crash? I know it has many names. I call it Kryptonite Crunch because they took it from Nova. But I think they called it Air Raid Crash, you know, Schwine, many names. So, yeah, they did that off the top of the cage. Obviously, Chompa giving it to Adam Cole. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> off the top of the cage through two tables. It's like, he's dead. He's dead. Even though he wrestled next night, though, so... <laughs> Yeah, now when I, I went back and looked at obviously Daniel stuff like that, I was really close at. You can see when Champa had him, he could not have protected Adam Cole anymore. He had his neck, he had his arm around his head, protecting his neck. And then if you watch the way he fell back, Champa probably even though Adam Cole was on the bottom, Champa probably took more of that than Cole did. So yeah. from where I was standing, I was Adam Cole wrestled the next day, and then probably had the best National Survivor Series, and we'll get to it in a minute. But the way that champ had just protected Adam Cole there on the finish, like kudos, kudos to those guys for doing something that absolutely crazy. Yeah, held them all the way down too. So it was nice. And then there was all the table spots too. What uh, I think, Dijak choke slammed someone through a table, and then Kevin Owens did the frog splash through a table. So it was a pretty cool sequence. That day. everyone goes through a table. Yeah. Oh, oh no, that was an excellent match. Ian. Team uh, Champa picks up the win, so you got that one right. So we finished uh, three. We each got three. No, oh, how about that? Now, the Survivor Series one was a blow, right, which we'll get into in a minute. So 
Uh, so we'll go through Survivor Series. Now, I guess there was a whole bunch of matches on the pre-show that weren't advertised. So um, we, we, we won't really get into that. So uh, I believe it started with the Viking Raiders, the New Day, and the Undisputed Era. That was like the main event on the pre-show. Oh, okay. So yeah, you didn't see it. Then I watched the pre-show at all. Okay, yeah, that's why that match was really, really good. It was a lot of back and forth, a lot of really good balls. But the Viking Raiders picked up the win, and I had the New Day, and you had the Viking Raiders. Yeah. So, so that was on the pre-show. Then we started the main show with the women's. Uh, the women's. I guess you could say. Uh, yeah, yeah, the women's yeah, the Survivor Series. Yeah, Survivor Series yeah, so match. Team Raw, which is Charlotte, Natty, the Kooky Warriors, and Sarah Logan versus Team SmackDown, which is Sasha Banks, Carmella. Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Grass versus Team NXT, which was, and we talked about the other day, like, where's Tony Storm? So you had Tony Storm, you had uh, Bianca Belair, you had, obviously, uh, Rhea Ripley, and I'm trying to, like, Candice and EO. Candice. EO. And, uh, oh, I tried EO. Yeah. yeah. Right, so we, they we, had one, they, well, they had two bad guys, but one bad guy from the match that uh, Candice and Rhea were in, which they kind of didn't explain, but it's like, well, I guess, yeah, whatever. <laughs> You yeah, to say, oh, they I, I, they, she was so, so hard to, to beat in that match that I respect her so much. I had to add her to the team. I guess you could say that, but whatever, you know. Yeah, it is what it is. But they did do, they did give us about ninety seconds of uh, the sky, the sky pirates, that, yeah. you know, against each other. So uh, EO and Carrie uh, Sands. So I thought that was really cool. That was cool. I liked it. I thought as much as we could. And then I was like, when I was watching, I'm like, wait a minute, there's three teams. It's like a three-way? And, and then it kind of is. Because I thought it would be two in the ring at first, but it was three in the ring at all times. And then I thought, well, man, this might be too many eliminations. Because, like, just think, if it comes down to, like, a sole survivor, that's, like, 14 eliminations. <laughs> so, but it, it, it flowed pretty good, I thought. I liked it. Yeah, that's Sasha. It seemed like towards the end, Sasha Banks was the one that kind of put the match together because the falsies towards the end really uh, went to her strengths. I thought Sasha looked really, really good here. And I liked how the fact that they didn't have, like, Rhea Ripley won, but she didn't win clean, so kept Sasha strong. So, yeah, obviously, Rhea Ripley uh, pinned Sasha with a grip tag at the end. So, heck of a weekend for her. Yeah, yeah, she got to push the most out of this weekend. And then they did the thing where, like, what was it, EO and Candace, where they got hurt, but then they weren't hurt and they came back and I was like, eh, eh whatever, you know? <laughs> Yeah, all in all, though, I thought that was really good. And then I believe we went to Roderick Strong, Shinsuke Nakamura, and AJ Styles. Yeah. I thought this was excellent. Yeah, I thought uh, it was a really good match. Yeah, a lot of back and forth. You didn't know which way it was going to go. Me and you both had AJ Styles, but Roderick Strong actually picked up the win. Yeah, so NXT really getting the push here. And I, I, I thought this match was really good. You got to see Roddy mix it up with AJ and Nakamura, who's both wrestled before in Ring of Honor. So, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. And then, of course, uh, AJ and Nakamura obviously wrestled before in New Japan. And uh, there were a few that wasn't so hot last year. But this match was really good. And uh, up to this point, this is probably my, well, technically, if you would watch their match, this was my match of the night until the next match. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Parker. What's, yeah. what's the next match? And that's uh, Adam Cole defending the NXT Championship against Pete Dunne. And Adam Cole had his ribs taped up. Now, my only qualm, the old school wrestling book, and after a crazy bump like that, like, if this pay-per-view wasn't happening, I would have Adam Cole come out next week on XT saying, I, I don't know if I can ever wrestle again. And he plays that off for like two weeks and then obviously wrestles again. But due to the circumstances, he had to wrestle. So I guess you can let it go. But anyway, that's what, how I would have booked that. But anyway, we got a great match and this match was awesome. Especially the, the moonsault by Pete Dunne. Adam Cole super kicks him and then he hits the Panama Sunrise, what, two times on, on the in the ring apron. And then he hit it in the ring too. Yeah, because then he hits the last shot for the, uh, or the kill shot. For the uh, the win, which was awesome, and then he hits the, it's basically the uh, Kinshasa. He hits the the last shot to the front too. He hit, and I believe they called it the last shot. 
Yeah, that's what it is. It does it to the front and from the back. It's almost like a Shining Wizard with yeah. no post on that name. So, well, you, call, you call it whatever you want. Yeah. You, got, you know, obviously he calls his Canadian Destroyer something different. Yeah, so, Panama you know, Sunrise. Straight jacket, German suplex, and you know, he calls that the Panama Sunrise. What does he call that? Panama Sunrise. Oh, what, the, the straight jacket suplex? Yeah. I don't know if he has a name for that. Oh, he had it in Ring of Honor, because actually he won the Ring of Honor title against Elgin with it. Well, oh. On a blank. So the Panama Sunrise is the uh, the Destroyer. Mm-hmm. And I I can't I, I I'm drawing a blank. You guys know what it is. Just you know, when you get this, just you know, give me a nasty tweet. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. This was. This, I wasn't even looking at this for like match of the night because of everything going on, and I figured it would have been done. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't shock that these guys had a great match, but like I even like, I text you and I said, man, how I would have done this, I would have had Pete Dunne win, and then have Adam Cole be like the next week, you know, just to get the belt back. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Get that crazy bump, but then. He did a good job telling the story where Pete Dunn's knee was all messed up from his neck. Yeah. He, he didn't come out of the scape either. So I'm like, so, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, minor qualm. Uh, just for how well the match is. And literally, Adam Cole making a, a serious run for the end of the year for uh, wrestler of the year. Yeah, him, him and uh, Will Ospreay. And a lot of people don't watch New Japan will be like, oh, who's Will Ospreay? But that that would be my top two. Uh, I, I remember the finish Adam Cole. Or Pete Dunn's going for the bitter end, and Adam Cole reverses it into the Panama Sunrise, and then hits the kill shot to the back for the for the finish. So that, that was awesome. It was a great match. Yeah, this was the match of uh, the show. Yeah, I think so. Maybe the yeah. match of the weekend. I mean, it's really it's really tied between that and the men's war games. And really, like uh, Ripley and Adam Cole really had a, a strong strong presence this weekend, and I would say Keith Lee too. But I mean, obviously, you know, Keith, well, Keith Lee won, but Adam Cole and Rhea Ripley have more of the spotlight on them. Yeah, well, Keith Lee's career is going to be pretty much over with because Vince McMahon gave, <laughs> gave him a standing ovation, shook his hand, and said, we'll see on Ryan SmackDown soon. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much the end of Keith Lee. Yeah, so. Keith Lee will he be uh, uh, dancing with somebody, or he'll be, he'll be the one that's actually sleeping with Lana. So, yeah, <laughs> poor, poor, poor Keith Lee. He's going to be thrown in a uh, terrible storyline within a month. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's move it along. I believe next was, was it Brock vs. Ray? No, Fiend vs. Uh, Daniel Bryan. So, again, ah. the... Fiend is the uh, SmackDown champion. Now he has a blue title, and uh, he even has a new belt now, which we'll get to then. Uh, but anyway, on this show, he had the blue title. He wrestled Daniel Bryan. I thought this match was pretty good, except for that stupid red lighting. And it's so bright that it's it, it kind of makes it hard to, to see things. Like, Daniel Bryan's head is just like hair. And it's like, uh, just, can we turn down the red light, or do we do something just get rid of that red light? But other than that, the match wasn't bad. I know the Fiend no-sells a lot, but then Daniel, like, he kept doing the yes kicks and got him down, so... It was back and forth, and Fiend wins with, um... What he had... Did he hit the Sister Abigail and then the, um... Mandible Claw and then pinned him with that? He pinned him with the Mandible Claw. Yeah. I will say this about that stupid red light. This match towards the end was so good. Daniel Bryan's stuff was so believable. I understand, like, the Fiend is, like, the new the newer version of The Undertaker. And Daniel Bryan is a legit badass. I mean, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, whatever you want to call him, he's a legit badass. Where, granted, the guy's only, like, 190 pounds. But he could probably beat up the majority of the roster. He made this so believable where it's just like where it got towards the end, I didn't even notice the red light. I thought Daniel Bryan's performance in this was absolutely fantastic. He is doing a lot of the elements of his Ring of Honor run, like the stomping in the head. Mm-hmm, I like the that. Way that. And the, the way he sells and the way he, you know, he fires back up. I thought this was, I mean, just at the top of my head, probably Bray Wyatt's best match on, uh, in a long, long time, if not ever. I thought, and don't get me wrong, he does great with the character, he's fantastic in the ring, but when you're wrestling, in my opinion, the best wrestler under a WWE contract, and that means NXT as well, 
I, I, you know, I'm so glad after I only cut the last 15 minutes of SmackDown and they're continuing with this feud. And uh, I will go into what I think that they're going to do with Daniel Bryan. Speaking of, you know, I think I think he's going to go back to a throwback of his Ring of Honor look. Oh, okay. So, um, do, do you want me to tell you what happened at the end of SmackDown? Yeah, because I, I didn't see. I know I know Bray Wyatt now has a Fiend title. That is completely ridiculous. Why why would anyone want to win that belt? Because it's, Chris, it's Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. And they need to make more money. So this is what happened. Like I said, it's last 10 or 12 minutes. Daniel Bryan comes out. And he says that the Miz, I guess the Miz told Daniel Bray, uh, Bray Wyatt said he wants to offer a rematch. All he has to do is say yes, because you know, he wants to bring back he wants to bring back the yes movement, Daniel Bryan. And he said the Miz goes, if you wrestle him again, he's going to change you. And uh, Daniel Bryan gets in the ring. He said, I thought about what he said, and he said that I am changed. I'm not changed because Daniel Bray because of the feed. I'm changed because of the fans. And I, only if you guys want it, I will bring it back. You guys want me to bring it back. He's like, and then if you want me to bring it back, you gotta say what the circumstances is and yes. So he brought back the yes movement. Even though when he was healed, it was still there. Because he's so over. So, you know, the, they do the fire hype, uh, uh, fun house thing. And Bray Wyatt, you know, sweater wearing Mr. Rogers. Bray Wyatt comes up and he says, I have a new face too. And then, you know, they do a thing where the light shuts off. Bray Wyatt comes from under the ring. They fight a little bit. He pulls him underneath the ring, and then he starts pulling out Daniel Bryan's hair. Now you don't see it yeah. underneath the ring. So I'm like, I wonder if he's going to be bald like he was in his Ring of Honor run. Mm, maybe. So maybe that's what they're going to do. And I'm like, man, that's where you know. I mean, that's you know, that's my Daniel Bryan. I mean, he can do whatever he wants. He's so good at whatever he does. Yeah, I, I know he, he's such a good guy. He grows his hair and then cuts it off and donates it. So I don't know if it's long enough to donate yet. Maybe he's going to do that. Who knows? Remember when he was a. Uh, when he shaved his head and he, ha- he would come out with like the uh, like the Darth Sidious uh, cow mm-hmm. and stuff That's like exactly that. That's exactly what I was thinking of. So, he was feuding with Austin. He was the main thing he was, I remember that when Austin Aries was champion and he was feuding with Aries and then he would have those matches with Aries and he was feuding with Homicide. He would do that. So it's like maybe a, he, would, he was dressed in all black. It, yeah. was, it was all old school New Japan black and he was like more of a serious like hitter. He was using a lot of you know, a lot more strikes than normal, so maybe that's what he's going with there, so. Yeah, maybe. I mean, in, in ROH, he'd be like, he'd have hair, then be bald, then have hair again. He'd never be as long as it is nowadays, so who knows? Yeah, so that's why I was like, when he's pulling his hair out, and I was like, well, that's going to make sense. Maybe he's going to come back bald and he's going to just be all black here. So yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But I thought that was really good. And then I think next was... That's uh, Rock. No, the, uh, the men's uh, elimination match. So Team SmackDown, which is Roman, Ron Strowman, King Corbin, Mustafa Ali, and Chad Gable versus Team Raw, which is Seth, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, and Ricochet versus Team NXT, which is Ciampa, Damian Priest, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, and Walter. Now here's the only problem with this match. Walter, really over, got eliminated first. And it was like, eh, no. Now, I will say this. I thought it was really cool to see Walter mix it up with Strowman. I was yeah. like, oh, man, I kind of just want to see those two guys just like hit each other and just kind of like, you know, two big bulls. I'm a big fan of Strowman. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, Walter, I'm a big fan of as well. My only, and Walter got a lot of cool spots in, in the beginning. He may look to be a monster, but my big thing with him is I don't think he's been pinned or submitted since he's been been under WWE contract. Really? He got pinned in like six minutes. I yeah. could be wrong. By Drew McIntyre's boot. It's like, <laughs> he, he wrestles up, he's done for 40 minutes and takes everything in one boot, knocks him down. It's like, whatever. I, I don't think Walter should have been... Because he is the UK champion, so I, I don't think he should have been eliminated first. Maybe they could have put Damian Priest first, or not have Walter in it and have somebody else get eliminated first. If that's what they but want. The to only thing that I can think of is, and I've been champion Drew McIntyre for a long time, and we talked about how he should have been the first contender. He should have been Roman at WrestleMania, and he should have feuded with Seth Rollins for a little bit, 
The one that I can think of, and hopefully they capitalize on, I don't think they will, is McIntyre goes over to NXT UK, and he feuds with the Imperium, and then uh, he eventually puts Walter back over. And, I, you know, they give him, like, a 20, 22-minute match. Yeah, they might. That'd be cool. Because you got think about it, he's from Scotland, NXT, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. the United Kingdom, so it's just, like, I would love to see a, uh, a few of Walter and Drew McIntyre. Hopefully, that's what it leads to. Again, I'm not confident on their writing, but... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's. I mean, let's, let's call it. We see Keith Lee was the star in this match. Yeah, which was great. And then it came, what it came down to what Keith Lee Ciampa on that team versus uh, Roman and then Seth, I think. And then it came down to just uh, Keith Lee, right? Yeah. Yeah. Keith Lee and Seth Rollins, who's obviously yeah. their you know their guy that they're pushing. And then it came down to Roman and Keith Lee. And I have no problems with Roman Reigns being the sole survivor here because Roman has not had a big win. Like a big, big win since uh, all year. Yeah. So I thought this was this, this was great. And this was a good way to put him over now that. But then Roman puts Keith Lee over by doing like the fist bump. So. Yeah, which was pretty cool. Like it's saying Keith Lee, like it, it wasn't bad that he lost because he did make it down to the final two. Like so. Yeah, yeah. And it was him and Roman who's been there. You know, he's been their guy for the last five years and the last you know year, year and a half. Seth been their guy. He's been he's been Seth clean in the ring. Yeah. So I thought that was really good. And not only that. I think one of the things that helped Keith Lee get over is they were in a smart, a smart town. Like if they were in New York, or they were in Chicago. If they were in New York, Chicago, or Philly, yeah, he would. This would have been fine because they were all doing you know baskets, glory chips. If they were like in Houston, or Tennessee, or San yeah, or Tennessee, I don't think it would have got over. So I think I think it was just a perfect storm. Yeah, and I think either. that I think whoever put this match together really capitalized on that. So kudos to them. But I thought this was a great, great uh, match. Yeah, definitely. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I was zoned out a little bit because like, some of the Raw and SmackDown guys I really don't care about, like Corbin. And even Mustafa Ali's great, but the way they use him, like, yeah. And then Randy Orton is, you know, whatever. But uh, it, was, it was a bad match. I I did like it, and I liked that Keith Lee got down to the end. I wish Walter would have did a little bit better in it, though. What, what, what can you do? Yeah, you can't have it all. So I thought Ray and Rap, I believe, was next. I thought it was yes. really good, and it was really fun. The only thing that ruined this for me is obviously they did a great job with the notice qualification thing and they brought Dominic in, which makes sense. But they hit, Ray hits the, they hit the double six one nine on Brock and they hit the double frog stuff. Yeah. And I was even thinking like, oh man, like maybe they're going to flip the belt. And as soon as they went for the pin, like they did the double stack pin, all of WrestleFest, the video game. <laughs> so they did the double stack pin and as soon as they went, I'm thinking in my head, oh man, maybe they'll flip the belt because this would make sense. But then whoever the announcer goes, that's it. Ray Mysterio is the new champion. And whenever somebody says that, yeah, goes, ah, <laughs> they never are the new champion. You totally ruined that three count for me. And then if you go back to when Brock like kicked out last second, I mean Brock when he wants to go, especially when he's in the ring with guys that are really really good, he uh, he's he's excellent. Yeah, well, so. it wasn't bad. I mean the lead pipe, maybe I guess he needs something to uh, even the odds. I was like, eh, but then I was like, eh, well, whatever. But I, I did not like Rey Mysterio's Joaquin Phoenix Joker-inspired gear. I thought it looked ridiculous. What do you What do you say about his gear? It's Rey Mysterio. He gets a pass. <laughs> and he, and he, I see your point of view. One is Rey Mysterio. He gets a pass. Two, he did something comic booky. So I'm, yeah, good, I I'm mean, good to go. The, the mask itself with the red nose and everything kind of looked more like Doink than the, the um, uh, Mohawk. But I, you know, I, I see what he's going for there. But then once he started wrestling, I was like, okay, now I'm into the match. It, was, you know, it wasn't a bad match at all. It was good. It was entertaining. But I, I figured Brock would probably, probably win. And where did they go from here? Like, I don't know. I didn't see SmackDown or, or Raw, so I don't know who's Brock's next challenger. I don't think he was on your show, though. No, well, I mean, you probably don't see him for the Rumble. But the finish was cool. Where Dominic took a German off the top rope, and then Ray, you know, you get the pissed off dad. So your first thing is you're going to jump at that guy. He gets caught out of air. 
takes the F5, and I'm like, man, this was is only about six or seven minutes long, but everything made sense. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I was I was thinking like, oh, I don't want to watch this. And I was watching, I was like, this isn't bad. I'm enjoying this. So yeah, and then I was really weird because you're wondering what's going to be the main event. You know, the two title matches. So I thought it would have been one of three things. It would have been either the two title matches or the men's. So yeah, I that's what I thought. That was really weird that they had the women's three way. I'm like, this is going to be weird just because the women's three way at Mania to me just it didn't finish the way it should have. I think it kind of missed the boat. So and I'm like, Shayna Baszler's style really doesn't work well for a three way. But yeah, we'll see what happens. And to me, this was just okay. And from I mean, there was I mean, there could have been four or five other matches that could have ended the show that were better than this one, and it was just odd. And it was like, I'm like, okay, Becky's definitely going over. And then she didn't. And then I heard even Vince McMahon was very upset with the way that the, the way that the match played yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of, kind of a letdown. I, I kind of expected more here, but I don't know. It just fell a little flat. I don't know if it's because Shannon never wrestled Becky or Bailey. Maybe that's part of it. I, I, I don't know. I, I think if this match was like match four, match five, and they cut out three minutes, it would have been just fine. But the fact that it was the main event and it had to follow so many... I mean, let's take a look at all the matches I thought were really, really good. I thought Mayor Rock was good. Brian White was good. I thought the uh, Styles Nakamura Roddy match was good. Obviously, Colby Dunn was good. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the women's, women's yeah, elimination, really yeah. And so, obviously, the men's was excellent as well. So, there were a lot of, you know, very good to excellent where this match was like, you know, B minus. Yeah. Where all of the matches were probably B plus to an A plus. So it was just like, this is probably the sixth match on the show, and it, and it, it ended. Not only that, but then if your big baby face didn't go over. Like, I think if they would have had the same match and had Becky maybe submit uh, Shayna or, or or Bailey, I'm like, well, the match was meh, but the whole show was really good, the weekend was really good, and the big baby face went over. Yeah. But they had Shayna go over, so it's like, well, I mean, good for NXT and Shayna. It's like, I don't know. And Shayna's had great matches in, at the takeover, so I don't... I don't know. It's just, you know, you have a bad match sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it's just not there. And I think just because of how great the, the, these two shows were back-to-back and you kind of ended with, with the, you know, kind of a, eh. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, a little bit of a fizzle. Bad, yeah. But it was just like, yeah, you really didn't shit all the way. But we get to the final standings and partner. You finished seven and I finished four. So you uh, blew me out of the water on that. Oh, how about that? Wow, seven and four. And then we tied yeah, for a takeover, right? Yes, sir. So you win the weekend. Oh, well, there we go. And there's, you, and there's, you win nothing. There's only, yeah, we win uh, bragging rights. And there's only one more pay-per-view of the year, and that's the NWA Into the Fire. So I don't know if we'll be watching that. I don't I think we'll be watching that live either, but I'll watch that the next day if I can. So. No, TLC. Oh, is TLC in December? Yeah. Oh, wow. TLC's How about that? I was, I was thinking there was. Wow. I, I totally yeah, forgot about that. What, what? They, showed, they showed a whole bunch of previews for it. You must have fast forwarded. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, usually I fast forward. But again, it was that, uh, is it the 23rd then, or is it the 30th? I want to say maybe the week before. Uh, I think it's the 16th. Oh, and, oh no, the. Oh, yeah, because uh, yeah, yeah, the NWA pay per view is the Saturday, so that makes sense if it's a Sunday. I, I think was the next day, the yeah. next day is TLC. Yeah, let me, let, me, let me click here and see. I'm going to type it in. Oh, so. the uh, Adam, I didn't even look it up. It just came to my mind. They've got the suplexes before the keys. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was looking up and I was like, no, I, I, there it is. I just popped in my head. So. Yeah, okay, it is December 15th. So then the NWA pay per view is the Saturday before. And there's no uh, AW pay per view this month. No, they're only Cody um, said he's only they're only gonna do four they're only gonna do uh four years. So yeah. We'll so probably not till like what February or March will be the next one. Yeah. But anyway, it was it was a good weekend of wrestling. 
Sure was. Through what? Sure was, sir. How about? Um, let's jump into some comic stuff. Do you have any comic news, or did you finally read some books this time? <laughs> I, I, I did, but I was I was clicking around on the, on the news here, and it said that uh, Batman has a, a new artist for Batman '84, and uh, originally originally it was supposed to be the series artist Mikhail Janin, Mikhail Janin, and now it will be. Hold on here. Let me scroll down here. See who it says. Jorge Fornes. So I have no idea who that is, but he's probably good if he's on Batman. So there's going to be new artists on Batman 84, and I really have to catch up because I'm behind on Batman totally. But I did uh, I did read a few books. I, last time I went to the comic shop was last Saturday, I think. So I didn't get this week's books, but I did I did read some. So I'll get into what I read. Um, starting with Squirrel Girl 50, which is the last issue of Squirrel Girl. I know he asked me about this last week, and I said that I didn't read at the time, but now I did, so art by Ryan North and uh, or written by Ryan North and art by Derek Charm. Squirrel Girl's enemies have her down until her old friend Galactus comes to help out and he wants to devour them all and eat them and kill them, but then she talks him into stopping that and that, uh, you know, everyone's good and that maybe her enemies won't hate her one day so Galactus spares them, but he does teleport them all to jail because that's what she asked for and then it's kind of like her and uh, Nancy, they're going through their apartment that was destroyed trying to find stuff and it's kind of like it's kind of like the writer telling you that th there might be a, a change in everything because whoever if they have a new squirrel girl book obviously would be different and like it's kind of squirrel girl saying like oh stuff's gonna change but we're ready to change and and then at the end tony stark calls her and tells her to come to times square that there's a surprise for her and she brings all her friends and then it plays this nice music video of squirrel girl for her because her identity is known to the public so it was kind of a nice heartwarming ending to squirrel girl and it went for 50 issues, plus before this 50, there was 8 issues, and then they did that Marvel Now. So 58 issues for Squirrel Girl. Who would have thought? But yeah. uh, it was good. I, I would assume Squirrel Girl appears somewhere in a book. If not, they start a new one in a couple months. But I, I gave it an A, so Squirrel Girl 50, really good, and now the series is over. So moving on to a series that just started, but character we all know. Deadpool 1. This is by, written by Kelly Thompson and art by Chris Blackwell, so a great team on the book. Deadpool kills the King of Monsters with help from El Elsa Bloodstone, who was in uh, Marvel Minds 3, so I guess they're using her to keep the rights on her. <laughs> but by doing so, in killing the King of Monsters, Deadpool becomes the new King of Monsters. So, and uh, Shocker, he doesn't like being the king. And he has a little guy that like helps him out. And then Gwenpool comes and gives him her pet sh land shark, uh, Jeff, his name is, which I, I haven't been reading Gwenpool, so I have no idea, but it's kind of funny. And then, uh, then he finds out that someone's hunting the monsters in Staten Island, and it's Swerve Craven. So we're gonna have a Deadpool. Whoa. Yeah, we're gonna have a Deadpool versus Craven uh, meet up here in issue two. So that was really good. Uh, Kelly Thompson kicking ass on Captain Marvel, and then uh, she wrote Gambit Rogue and X Men. So give that one an A. And then Chris Bockel's art's really good. And it looks a lot like uh, when he did the art in Doctor Strange. I mean, obviously the same guy, but like drawing the monsters and stuff. It's very reminiscent of Doctor Strange. Um, here's a new book by Miracle and Dolphal called Unsacred. She did, um, oh, what was the name of her book? I can't forget, with the pig girl. Oh, jeez, I'm drawing a blank right now. Anyway, that book was good, but this one's a new book, and it's about, uh... Who's the publisher right now? Um, I, be I believe it's Image. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, it's about an angel and a devil, because in this world, it's like all angels and devils live together. So the devil's name is Damiano, <laughs> and the angel's name is Angelina, and they are, uh... That was like I said, a devil, and the, the 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 angel is a gorgeous angel, and she's very voluptuous. So not a comic for kids, because there's a lot of cursing and uh, sexual situations in it. And they're dating each other, but they haven't had sex yet because Angelina is a virgin. She wants to wait till marriage, and obviously 
Demato is a tricky devil and he doesn't like that. So it's kind of over the top, crazy, silly, dating nonsense. But it, it is it's pretty good. It was funny. But the only thing is a little bit hard to follow. And they did this weird thing with the, the pages where like, you know how the old school comics was like a white border around the whole page? And it's not sure. like zoomed out how it is now. It's like that, but it's like really, it's a huge white border. I'm like, man, they should take this and like blow up the images more and not take up the whole page, but at least most of it. Because like all the Marvel DC books, they take up the whole page, maybe just a little smidgen. So that was a little weird. But that was good. Uh, Mirko Randolfo writes and does the art and art's very good. So it's a funny book, but definitely not for kids. Okay, I got two more here. I'll go with Elvira, issue 10, written by David Atwater, art by David Costa. Elvira is kidnapped by a cult that wants to take her Luciferian energy and fuel a witch's broom so they can summon a demon. Uh, she gets help from a mass vigilante whose name is Soul Survivor, and how she knows Soul Survivor from the 60-minute special done about him, where she found out his identity. But anyway, they both get caught by the cult, but Elvira escapes with her new witch powers, and then she decides she's going to go back and help Soul Survivor. So very funny, and lots of... Uh, sexual windows and goofy jokes there and stuff so i give elvira an a plus so really enjoying elvira and then my last book punisher soviet issue one written by punisher longtime punisher writer garth ennis and art by jason barrows don't know who he is but the art's pretty good uh punisher is after a russian mobster named Panchenko, but someone is killing the guys before he can get to them so he's trying to figure out who i give this one it was good but it wasn't great because it was the first issue of b plus but uh i think it's only like six issues five or six but i like it so I'll get the whole series, and it's good to have Garth Ennis writing Punisher again. That's what was your book of the week? Would it be Elvira then? I don't. Know, you know what? I, th- I think it would be. That's on top. I mean, Squirrel Girl Fifty was really good. Punisher was really good. So was, I mean, they were all very good. But Elvira, just the way this guy writes, I, like I read one of his Betty Page books, and like it's very, uh, it's very funny, but smart writing. It's very good. It's not too much word. It's not too wordy or anything. So yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Elvira issue ten. Well, there you go, folks. Mm-hmm. Well, I will get into what I read. It was it was a light week. I think I had like ten books and a couple of them were released. So I still didn't. I still I don't think I read everything. Maybe I did. I'm still too behind on Captain Marvel. I don't know why. I just, just kind of fell off that. But I have here. Anywho, Flash. This was a solid A. Glider helps Flash escape from the cold prison, which was invented by King Cold, as she understands this broke future better than anyone. And it ends with a great cliffhanger. I would say no, you're reading Flash, so I will not yeah. spoil it for you. Detective Comics 8 Plus, we last left off with Nora Freeze makes the big heel turn on Victor Freeze, so Batman and Mr. Freeze have teamed up to stop Nora, and Mr. Freeze, Victor Freeze basically has Nora stopped, and he basically can't stop her because he's in love with her. No. Obviously, that's the whole, uh, we all know that that's obviously the whole thing, why he, you know, he has her kept frozen. Yeah, because he wants to bring her Basically, let's her get away, so it's very heartbreaking, but in a good way. Uh, you getting Valkyrie Jane Foster? Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, I didn't read the last issue, so I saw that, and I guess what this is issue five, I think. I believe you're right. I won't spoil it for you. So it's basically a, if you remember the last issue ended with Doctor Strange and Valkyrie kind of teaming up. So it's like you have a super fun uh, Valkyrie Doctor Strange team up issue, and it basically wraps up the first arc. So just a lot of fun with a couple things in it. I just don't want to spoil it for you. So okay. you, will, you will absolutely enjoy it. I did as well, and that was an A plus. Uh, which book that's on the chopping block C minus New Mutants this was number two the art is really really bad oh really for, yeah the New Mutants are sent to uh, a Shi'ar space jail and the Star Jammers get them out uh, I really kind I try to read it twice just because I really think what was going on with the art was just so distracting really uh, yeah that's kind of how like X-Force was not the current one but the last one I was like this is I like it I know what's going on with Young Cable but I don't like this art at all and same thing with the uh, Silver Surfer Black like, this art oh boy 
Yeah, it wasn't doing it for me. However, the art in Action Comics, which was a B plus, but I pulled up to an A plus just based on the team. You have see Bendis writing. Okay. You have JRJR uh, and Claus Johnson. Ah. Uh, you know, with Inky and Trying. So you got the Avengers team from about 10, 12 years ago, basically back together on this Action Comics. So it was probably like a B plus, A minus, but I pulled up all the way to an A plus just because based on that, it's basically Gorilla City comes to Metropolis. So it's like you have Superman. Uh, trying to fight off all you know all the uh, evil gorillas and they're they're uh, they're attacking the Daily Planet and everybody in the Daily Planet's like kind of going nuts. It makes it for a fun issue, but like I just couldn't stop staring at hell. I mean, it was very wordy. Bendis is very wordy in, in, in this one. He's mm-hmm. doing a lot with action comics, but I couldn't just get off. I couldn't keep my eyes off the page of just how good Claus Johnson Inc was and how good JRJR's art was. So oh, nice. uh, that was great. However, book of the week. I know last week. Uh, I didn't care for it because it was just basically about Star Brand, but I guess they maybe they do two in a row. So Avengers by far my book of the A plus. So the Avengers are shipwrecked, and uh, you're getting Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm not going to spoil it for you. The Avengers are shipwrecked. And they're looking for Star Brand. She Hulk gets a new suit, which I know that you like. If you're a big fan of She Hulk. Yeah, I, I clicked on that spoiler just to see the suit, and I'm like, eh, eh, what? Well, I don't see last long. Uh, Jason Aaron, the way he writes Captain America, I literally hear Chris Evans in, in my head. I would love for him to do like a mini or something on uh, on Cap. Cap I, yeah. think, I think the way he writes Cap is just, just terrific. Yeah, because so, he's only writing uh, Avengers right now, right? Yeah, he's still writing Avengers. Yep. Yeah, but that's it. Like He's not writing anything else because obviously Thor's done. And I, I, I don't think he's writing Southern Bastards or anything else as far as no, I know. Southern Bastards, but about two years since he's been out. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think he's doing uh, anything else, but he's, he's, so Thor is changing into kind of an evil person you'll see and the act the last page is absolutely epic so again i will not spoil mm. you when you get a chance to read this deck or hit me up this mm-hmm. was this is this is one of the best and there's been a lot of them you know, i think i think avengers is probably my favorite book out there this one might be especially what happens in the last two or three pages might be my favorite of jason Aaron's run so oh, cool now, what did you think? I know that's probably from the last week, but of the DC acetate covers, you know, the, the see-through covers where you move it and it changes. Take it or leave it. I, I thought they were... Yeah, go ahead. They're not charging anything extra for it. No. It is what it is. I thought they were... I, I kind of expected a little bit more because it kind of just seems like, like with Harley, it's like, there's Harley, and then you put the cover in, and it's a robot Harley. And it's like, that doesn't change. The, I mean, it totally changed the picture. It doesn't, like, alter. I thought it would be like... Oh, like like the Vampirilla one that's coming out. She's clean, and then when you close the cover, she's all bloody. And it still changes. But this one's just like Wonder Woman. It covers up Wonder Woman's cheetah holding the last one. It's like, no, yeah, you know? It always seems they have a gimmick like once a year. Like in the 3D covers, and then like the black and white covers. Yeah, lenticular. Like, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I don't mind them, but hey, they didn't charge anything extra like you said. So, you know, if you want it, you get it. If not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Covers, I think they charged $4.99. Yeah, they did, they were, they had that, like, piece that was attached to kind of a plastic piece that was the lenticular thing, like the old school rulers. I always remember that I had when I was a kid, I had a ruler, it was like Optimus Prime, it was like truck form, and he would turn it, and he's like, robot, it's like, oh, so that's what them covers remind me of. Well, there we go. I did not get a chance to see, I didn't think any of the shows would be new this week, so I'm too behind on Arrow. Supergirl was a new Flash was new, which I usually really? watch that as it happens, but I did not get a chance. Yeah, I agree with Thanksgiving. No shoot, no shows were new. Yeah, usually they all take so, off. Yeah, but no shows were new, so I did not get a chance to see Flash. And Flash, as I talk about on this podcast all the time, is my favorite of the comic shows that are out, and it's actually the one that Amber will sit and watch with me live as it happens. But she was getting stuff ready for Thanksgiving and shopping. I'm like, oh, it's not new, so I watched a whole bunch of wrestling. Shocker. <laughs> uh, so... 
I didn't get a chance to watch any shows. I haven't played any games. Is there any other comic stuff that you want to talk about? No, I know that the uh, Harley Quinn cartoon came out in the DC app, which I don't have. So I didn't get to see it. I didn't get to hear how it was, but it, I don't know if it's uh, like one issue or one episode at a time, like The Mandalorian, or if they're going to just, hey, here's all 12 episodes. So I'd like to watch it, but I don't have the DC app, and I don't think I'll be getting it. So I'll wait for it to come out in Blu-ray, and then just buy it and watch it that way. Yeah. Other than that, the comic-wise, I didn't watch anything really at all. I went to pick up uh, Far From Home on Black Friday, but I, I totally forgot to look. I think it was on sale somewhere for $7, $7.50, I think, at Walmart, but I didn't see it. Uh, Aquaman, Deadpool 2, some of the movies that are just happening. Yeah, um, yeah, I think like five or yeah even uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix that everyone says is terrible. I was going to buy it for $7, you know, just to add it to the collection. And then watch it, because I haven't seen it yet. I, yeah, but the fact that the expectations for it are so low, that uh, when you watch it, you'd be like, you know what? It beat the, to me, it beat the expectations. Yeah, like he, he, how bad it was. I, I enjoyed it, but it, just because people have made it out to be how bad it was. And I don't think there's no one who's bad that made it out to be. So it's not quite Electra or Catwoman levels. No. <laughs> that, that, Dazzler, that's the bottom of the barrel. in it. I know she's one of your, uh, one of your favorites. Yeah, I know she's in it. And then, uh, well, the one before they, one of the um, deleted scenes, uh, it's gotten Gene shopping and Gene picks up a record. Uh, the record store is a Dazzler record. It's like, oh! So it's cool that she's in it. I, I'll watch it eventually. And especially if I can get it for cheap. You know, why not? You'll, you'll I watched so, Catwoman want, and it was awful. <laughs> Absolutely I awful. That. However, well, don't. They, did, they did have Batman Week on TNT, and we, uh, me and Amber did catch the last ten minutes of Batman Returns. Okay. And she's just like, and she's never seen it. She's really? Just like, well, I have, I, yeah, I explained to her, and I said it was supposed to be a trilogy, but then they gave everything over Joel, to Joel Schumacher because it, I, I, I haven't seen, I haven't probably haven't seen it seventy years myself, and it ends with. Uh, Bruce Wayne, Michael Keaton getting out of the car when it's snowing, and he's looking, he picks up the cat, and then they show the bat symbol, and then they show Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman looking up uh, at the bat symbol. Yeah. Like, I forgot it ended on a cliffhanger. And even Amber goes, well, where do they go from there? And I said, that's it. She's like, really? That's it? I said, yeah. They said, then Michael Keaton becomes the vulture. So. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else becomes Batman, and Catwoman's never spoken of again until her own terrible movie, like I said, and then uh, when she's in uh, the Michael Nolan, or what's his name? Yeah, what's Michael Nolan? Whatever, it's Christopher Nolan films. There we go. Yeah, Chris Nolan. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's a shame that they didn't get to make an actual third one, like, that connected to one and two. Because, like, the third one is like, eh, it's Batman, it's still the same world, but not really. Yeah, and I think Keaton's great as Batman. Yeah, that me too. Piper was great as Catwoman. DeVito's DeVito. I know Max Shrek. I mean, it's, uh, what's gonna call it? Plays Max Shrek. Chris um, Walken. Yeah, Chris, Chris Walken's Chris Walken. Yeah. They, they, they can make him the next Terminator. And, I'll and, be back, baby. And Billy Dee's Harvey Dent, so they could went that way for the third movie. That's what I think they said they were going to do. Kevin Smith was talking about it on one of his podcasts years ago about how the script was written, and uh, you know he got wind of it, and I think that's what they were going to do, is that Billy Dee Williams was going to eventually turn into, you know, because obviously he was Harvey Dent and turning into Two-Faced. Yeah, which would, that would have been really cool. Who knows? Maybe they can. I mean, I mean, if all the everything Michelle, I mean, maybe you know, maybe they'll do it two or three years from now. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> but I guess so. we're supposed to get a well, that Batman movie with the dude from Twilight. Uh, I totally forget his name. Yeah, yeah, Rob Patterson. He's delayed because he's, I guess, he's not at the gym and he's trying to build muscle. And he's just, I guess, his diet's all wrong or something oh, like boy. that. He just called him Jackman. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Call him Jackman. Call, call DDP. Get him on some DDPY. <laughs> get him in shape. Yeah, or do they want to build muscles? I don't know if yeah, yeah, you don't want to lead. You don't want to be uh, Nightwing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I want to get into. Uh, we'll, we'll do our power impact. Yeah, so uh, I'll pa- start first because I- impact was 
a uh, it was a joke show. Yeah, the, the flashback show. I guess you could say the IPWF, right? Something like that. Yeah. So what happens is they go into you know they, they pan the the announcers, which is uh, uh, Josh um, Barnett, uh, not Matthews. Uh, oh, no, not Josh Matthews. Yeah, uh, yeah, Josh Matthews. Yeah. Josh Matthews and obviously our man Don Callis. Now everybody has different names. Don Callis's name was Sexton Hart. Yeah, which is Edge's uh, indie name. Yep. So the first match was our boy Ace Austin. He was. I think, now I'm going to get the name wrong. I didn't write it all down. So I'm, I'm going to blow through this real quick. I'm not, yeah, I'm going to try to search for it real quick. But uh, so he comes. He's a punk rocker and he wrestles Rich Swan. Rich Swan is a pizza delivery boy. <laughs> so and, uh, and then the uh, Rough Riders come out, which are the female version of the Four Horsewomen. It was obviously Tessa Blanchard, Jordan Grace, uh, Jessica Havoc. I forget who the fourth person was in. Yeah, what well, wasn't Emma? I thought I thought I thought Jordan was Emma because she had her sunglasses on. I, I just seen the picture. God, I didn't see. I want to see the show if I can watch it somehow through. You can get through it real quick. Unscripted series. Yeah, I, mean, I I literally the Ace Austin Rich Swan match started. I literally went to go make a bowl of oatmeal, which takes all of a minute and fifteen seconds. Mm-hmm. And I came back and the match is over. Okay, so I, I got the results. Here's her name. So Rich Swan was Rapid Delivery Pete. <laughs> I don't know, some of the names, especially the uh, the Rough Riders match, I did see part of that. The names in that were awesome. And then uh, Ace Austin was Rip Razor. Yeah, that's what it was. You know, with, a, with a cigarette and you get a dog collar chain on. <laughs> and any, any time that Rich Swan tried to put a headlock on it, he kept, like, because it was spikes. So he kept being <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, there was a whole bunch of, you know, rig and roll. It was fun. Eddie, I took me, it, it took me a couple minutes to figure out who everybody was. Like, Eddie Edwards came out, he was in a blindfold match. Mm. He came out, and I didn't realize it was him because he was, like, spitting tobacco, and he had, like, a hat on. However, but now the main event was Ethan Page dressed up as, I forget who. Um, he was, it, it was for the Con- Continental International TV Championship, something like that. <laughs> he, had a man, he had a manager with him, and it took me a second to figure out who the manager is. So the manager is Sammy Callahan, because his hair slipped back. <laughs> he had Coke bottle glasses on, and he had a weapon. Andy Header, I will give you one guess to see what that weapon is. <laughs> Keep in mind, he's just as a manager. I think I know. I, think, I believe it was a tennis racket. I think I seen a picture. It was a tennis racket. So they do this backstage interview, and he's wrestling uh, Willie Mack, who's a downtown... Like, uh, Downtown like Daddy that. Brown <laughs> defeated yeah. International Commonwealth TV champion Julian Cumberbone <laughs> with uh, yeah. Sonny Sanders was Sammy Callahan's name in a Loser Leaves Town match. <laughs> so they do a backstage interview and uh, Callahan, as us come Jim Cornette, as Jim Cornette gets up in Willie face, and Willie Mack goes to hit, goes to hit, and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. So you don't hit me. All I do is I talk crap, and then, <laughs> and then when it comes that time to go a cup, I, I, I run away scared. <laughs> So he was really crapping on Cornette. Oh, but overall, it was, it, was, it was a fun show. Like I, said, it was, it was I went to watch it. So I hope yeah. I can watch it. I have the, the names here for the, the team that took on uh, the Rough Riders that were the female. Well, I'll go through their names. So their names are pretty good. So they're the female Four Horsemen. Tessa was Blanche Ardmore. Uh, I don't know the rest of them. So there's Lady Bird Johnson, Georgia Cobb, and Mildred Moore. So they kind of took uh, some of the old like Mildred Burke and switched their names around. And they defeated. And the guys had the best names. Tim Burr, who was a lumberjack, and he was Josh Alexander. Gymnasium, who was a gym guy. That's Desmond Xavier. My personal favorite, Bill Ding, Trey Miguel, who I'm not familiar with, and Bill Ding was a construction worker. Yeah. Okay. And then the last guy, who Zach Wentz, was Ray Strack, who said together is Ray Strack, and he was a race car driver. So <laughs> I thought all those over-the-top gimmicks were were phenomenal. Now, is it safe to say who Tommy Dreamer was? 
Oh, uh, no, I don't think it does. Was he part of that match? He wasn't in the match in the backstage interview. He was Tommy Dreamer. He uh-huh. had a patch on his forehead. He was wearing a Riviera jacket. Uh-huh. He was wearing Zubas. And he goes, I can't compete tonight because Jack Tunney suspended me <laughs> because I gave Bruno San Martino the pile driver in Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> That's he's awesome. Like, he's like, they suspended me when I wrestled Ganya. They suspended me when I wrestled this. <laughs> oh, man. That's Jack awesome. Tom, Jack Tunney suspended me. <laughs> Jack Tunney. And then uh, and some more names here. Uh, um, what's his name? Joey Ryan was Captain Joystick. <laughs> That's oh, pretty- yeah. He had a uh, interview segment called The Cockpit. <laughs> Oh yeah, because he was a, a plane captain, so that yeah. that's that's pretty cool for him. And then uh, Kira Hogan was Miss Mile High. I guess that's his ex-girlfriend. And then just a couple of DJ Too Large. I don't know who DJ Too Large is, but some some of the names here. And then it was Cowboy Colt McCoy, who was Gama Singh, and he defeated. Oh wait, oh no, he defeated Gama Singh, who was. He was Eddie Edwards. Yeah, so that that's pretty now, cool. Col- Colt McCoy, he uh, that, Colt McCoy is a quarterback. It's well, he was in the NFL. He was a uh, like a Heisman hopeful for Texas years ago. Mm-hmm. So they even said when he came out, Josh Matthews goes, "Yeah, Colt McCoy. He's like, I, he, you know, I heard that he's got a grandson that's got a heck of an arm on him." <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, two more. There was, was a girls' match. So Madison Rain was Jazzy Fitbody, who you can guess it was a '80s workout aerobics girl, and she defeated Agnes Beerhart, who was Alicia Edwards' wife. I did not see her at all, <laughs> but uh, I liked uh, Madison Rain as Jazzy Fitbody. She was in all fluorescent clothes. Yeah, yeah. So, any if you ever seen an '80s aerobics video, there you go. That's exactly, and it was all. It was a super fun show. But yeah, my two favorite things were obviously Don Callis being Sexton Hardcastle <laughs> and uh, Sammy Callahan just literally, literally uh, spitting in Jim Jim Cornette's face. Yeah. So, so I mean, wait till you see him. I mean, you, I mean, the fact that I told you it was Callahan, it looks nothing. Really? Wow. He slicked his hair back. He was dressed in a suit. He had the big cornet glasses on. Uh, it was it's hilarious. <laughs> it's pretty cool that they did this. And it was the Impact Provincial Wrestling Federation. So I hope they do this once a year. They probably couldn't yeah, do it every week, but every now and then, why not? Yeah, I think they I think they taped it around Halloween, and they did it in a studio. Oh, Very okay. Similar to NWA Power. Yeah. What a segment. segment yeah. This, so, to watch NWA yes, I did. And this week was kind of just a recap week. Um, I know they said they had one recap episode, so it was just kind of building towards the pay-per-view. I think they have two episodes before the pay-per-view, so it was just all recapping videos and, and promos. And there was one empty arena match, which was the question mark versus one of the Dawsons, uh, the one with the long hair, and question mark one. It was an empty arena match, too. <laughs> so it was a question mark along with the former Damian Sandow, Eric Stevens, and uh, it's kind of building towards their feud. So it was just a recap. There's not too much to talk about. It was it was an entertaining watch, but it wasn't as much fun as normal because it wasn't a normal NBA episode. But there's maybe I'll watch that episode just to kind of get me caught up. Yeah, on that it. way you'll know the match. They announced the, the big thing was they announced that uh, James Storm is taking on uh, Nick Aldis at the pay per view for the world title for the ten pounds of gold, which they call Sweet Charlotte. I love that they call it Sweet Charlotte. <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah, I maybe I will I will dig that up now. Obviously, moving up a couple days for Thanksgiving. My idea, and I think I talked about on the podcast last week, was I was going to uh, start my Disney Plus account, watch The Mandalorian, and start getting, start gearing back, gearing up for Rise of Skywalker, because that's coming up in about three, four weeks. I did not. The reason why was I wanted to start my Thanksgiving break by watching some Bring of Honor stuff, 07, 08, 09, like that era, mm-hmm. and I literally have not watched stuff uh, since. I've been watching tons of stuff. And it's criminal. I mean, obviously, the stuff I've seen, some of the stuff I haven't seen in a year, two years, three years. And the one thing that I just keep coming back to, it's criminal. It's criminal. 
what WWE is doing with Sami Zayn because him is El Generico, you know, teaming with Kevin o- mm-hmm. Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens, the feud he had, he, all these great matches with Nigel McGuinness. I watched him have this banger of a match with uh, Davy Richards. He had this great match with uh, Nakajima before Nakajima got the crazy mustache and the big poofy hair. So it's just like, man, they, they, I mean, I remember watching him, and I was always like, you, you're, you're, you may not get a match of the year contender out of him, but you're always going to get like a four plus star match out of him. Like he's always going to have a mat, like a great, great match. Like back then, maybe the most consistent wrestler in all of wrestling, not just Ring of Honor or the Indies, whatever. You know, when he was LG, even the PWG stuff. Like I just, just such a solid performance. I don't remember a time. I think he's doing he's entertaining as Nakamura's mouthpiece. But it's like, they're just doing nothing with it. Yeah, it's kind of a waste that he just comes out and dances around and puts over Nakamura. And it's like, you can do so much more. Now, if he was hurt, I wouldn't understand. But he can wrestle. And it's like, I don't know. It's just... You make him... Send him to NXT and just have him be generic and don't even explain it. (laughs) You know? Just uh, someone beats Nakamura and Sami Zayn has to lose Leafs Town. There you go. And then he just shows up in NXT as El Generico and that's that. Can you imagine if they do him and Owens... Versus like the honey guys in the undisputed era. Oh, that'd be awesome. Or, or, or so Matt Hardy was still. Around. I know he wrestled on Raw. It's just Matt Hardy. But if he was broken, Matt, imagine somehow he has a feud with uh, Nakamura and they throw Sami Zayn into the Lake reincarnation, and that's how El Generico comes back. There you go. Oh, look at you, look yeah. at Andy Hatter booking. So, yeah, there we go. Well, and again, the Nigel stuff. It, it, it's so unbelievable. I mean, he may have been the best. Oh eight, oh nine. You know, during his title run, he may have been the best wrestler in the world. I mean, I, you know, obviously, you know, he had Tanahashi, uh, you know, and that's obviously uh, American Dragon was still the game of Brian as, as Brian Danielson. But so, man, you go back and watch that night or something, really pay attention to the little things that he was doing. It's like, holy jeez. Like, that Ring of Honor stuff was just so good. Like, obviously, the, you know, that's when New Japan was getting real hot, but the difference between New Japan and Ring of Honor back then, I and mean, still is today, is the American crowd versus the Japanese crowd. Obviously, it's custom for the Japanese crowd to be quiet up until towards like the end of the match and everything was built. Man, those Ring of Honor crowds were some of those matches. It was, I was watching a match with Aries and Davey Richard for 43 minutes, and the crowd was hot. Wow. The whole entire match was just like, man, that Ring of Honor stuff is just so, so good. And I, I just hope they, they find their way back to something similar to that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I hope so too. I mean, Ring of Honor, obviously, out of all the feds, they're at the bottom right now. It's a shame, but hopefully they come back. Maybe next year. I know, did you see uh, Marty Scroll did a little promo in front of uh, Cracker Barrel? That's not hitting anything. Uh, that he w- has agreed to appear at Final Battle and didn't say it was his last appearance for ROH, but it probably is. And he's going to team with Flip Gordon versus, uh, who's he taking on? I forget. That I don't know, but I do know his concept as a midnight tonight expires, and they did what they do a lot with him on the wrestle final. He'll wrestle final battle, yeah. so he can sh- he can show up pretty much anywhere, but he will do final battle. Now, do you think that he holds off? Obviously, going going anywhere, and then just does final battle, and then the next day he shows up wherever he goes. I don't know. I mean, it all depends on what's on the table. Now, uh, I, I guess they said that they're, they're going to put a leader with the butcher in the blade. Yeah. It might be the, the villain, the butcher in the blade. I've seen that. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool if they do that. I, I'm not too familiar. I know Andy Williams from Every Time I Die. My friends are... Uh, he's actually friends with him on uh, Instagram. Talk to him about guitar stuff. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I, I know him a little bit from that. And the blade was Pepper Parks in TNA. Mm-hmm. So I'm not real familiar with him either because that's when TNA Impact was a real low point. So I'm not real familiar with them. They look cool, so I hope they do good. And if they if they hint at who's the leader, and then it's um, Marty Scroll, it makes sense. And he's mad at Cody because you know they left him to die in ROH. So 
There you go. Storyline right there. Yeah, and I think I was texting. Me and you were texting each other back and forth on Wednesday. And we'll, I guess we'll, we'll kind of finish up with the Wednesday Night Wars. I think that's all we have left to talk about. Yeah. I, 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 I see some of this stuff here and there where I've known them from is whenever somebody would draft a dream tag match it always hit for some like five or six times. It's on one of those one of the message boards on Facebook or groups or whatever. They do want to see Blue Roll versus the Butcher and the Blade. I'm like, man, these guys keep popping up. So I went and watched some of their stuff and beyond. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I think it, it would have worked real well, but obviously those guys are, you know, I don't yeah. think it's a one-time deal. Obviously, it's they pack Cody, so when they, they've got a really cool, uh, cool entrance there. So hopefully yeah. those guys will are going to be signed there for a while. So it just, it just, it just beats up their tag division even more. So Yeah, they might have the best tag division in all of wrestling right now. But I think that I, Marty, not to get back him, I don't think he debuts anywhere. I think he'll do Final Battle, and then he'll go wherever he's going, which is most likely AEW. Do you think maybe he'll do, like, if his contract's up at Ring of Honor, so it's well final battles in what two two weeks. So it's like does he sit at home for two weeks or does he take does he does he take like some indie maybe ball? yeah maybe an indie but I don't like I, I wouldn't see him do anything at AEW at this point. Not until he's ready. But you never know. You know like will he be on AEW next week? No, I think they hold off on that. And then after final battle and it's oh Marty Swallows here. Now how's uh Flip's contract? He's still with that ROH for a while, right? I think for another year. Yeah, so another year to see Flip at AEW. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm going to have to take a look at the final battle card because, yeah, that's coming up on the 13th. So, yeah, it's at two weeks from today. So, I, I do know it's Wow, what a weekend. PCO. So, yeah. f- final battle Friday, NBA into the fire Saturday, and then a TLC Sunday. Yeah. Wow. See, yeah, there's a stacked UFC card. And also, I uh, I returned to the Ring of Honor Dojo, which is no longer the Ring of Honor Dojo, the Worldwide Dojo for the Alex Shelley Seminar. So, yeah. So, you have a... I'm booking that day, too. Yeah, I'll be at ACW in Stevens, PA, and it'll be the last show at the Stevens Fire Hall on the 14th. So, yeah, a good wrestling weekend there. Yeah, look at that. And then we'll try to squeeze, squeeze some sleep in there. So. Yeah. But let's get into the Wednesday Night Wars. I, I know I um, talked Wednesday night and then Thursday. Uh, out of every week, this was, and I don't know if the ratings came out yet, but as far as from a quality standpoint, I think this was, the, usually it's pretty close. I think this one was an absolute blow. I think NXT absolutely just blew away AEW. Yeah, and now you did have a, a, a real good match on uh, AEW, but I thought NXT was a little bit better. But you know, the, the match you said to watch was the one thing that they cut out of the Hulu version, so I didn't get to see Leo Rush versus Andrew Garza. That was Leo Rush and Tozawa. Oh, uh, Tozawa, yeah, that's yeah. I didn't get to see it's that, really, and I'm yeah. like, why would they cut that out of uh, the, the Hulu version? I guess it's up on the network by now but I watched it and I was like oh you know it was Wednesday night or Thursday night or Thursday during the day and I was like I'm gonna watch NXT and get that done so I watched that and they, they cut it down on Hulu obviously they trim off a little bit so what can you do that was the match that didn't make it that was the opener too. Yeah, so, which is weird. So for me, it just opened with the uh, the promo when they all come out, and then then the Spirit of Kara comes out like, "What the hell are you all doing?" That's how it how it started for me. Now, did you get a chance to see the tag match with Lee and Dijak versus uh, Red Dragon, then it turns into O'Reilly and Robert Strong? Yeah, yeah, that was on there, and, and they said that Bobby Fish was uh, hurt, like he gets thrown out of the ring by what, who Dijak? Yeah, Dijak presses O'Reilly onto, yeah. and he looked like. It, a normal bump, but like when he lands, he kind of says something, and then they go to commercial and come back, and then uh, Roddy's in the ring with, in jeans wrestling. I'm like, okay, I guess he did get hurt. It's weird because you think, okay, he got hurt, and like maybe he just came out there, like okay, like just throw Roddy in there. But then they get to the fall season, and it seemed like a lot of this stuff was pre-planned. So it's just like maybe that was a way to like fit. Maybe Fish's knee was. I mean, I know he's been having knee troubles for years. Maybe his knee was banged up after. 
war games, and then they're like, okay, will you guys just go out there just to start the match, and we'll do an injury angle, and then we'll put Roddy in. Yeah, maybe. Like, oh, yeah, because he really didn't do too much in the match when that happened. Like, we'll just say it happens here, and then Roddy, and who knows? But hopefully, you know, he's not down for, for too long. So, yeah, you know, I, yeah. You know, Bobby, Bobby Fish is my guy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's important. Poor, poor guy had, had a lot of injuries so far. So it's like, oh, it's, 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 it's always those needs, man. Yeah, so hopefully you can get over that, you know, and come back. I don't know. It was a little weird, though, because, like, and then if you didn't even notice, but then they, the commentary says something. It's like, oh, Bobby Fish is hurt, and Roddy Strong has replaced him. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. But they were Roddy Strong and Kyle O'Reilly, former tag team champions as well, so. Yeah, and that was a great match. But obviously, I think the, the best match of the whole entire Wednesday Night Wars was the main event of NXT. Obviously, you're Champa and... Uh, Finn Balor mm-hmm. and a lot of back and forth, a lot of kicking out of, of policies that made sense. But again, we, you know, we talked about it about an hour ago. Oh, you know, Balor turned heel, and it really wasn't a heel turn because at the end he takes Adam Cole out, so it's kind of like a tweener turn. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, cause they're they're standing there and they're trying to do the the pose, and then it's like, oh, is uh, Balor Finn going to do the pose? And then he kicks Adam Cole. So I kind of like him as a tweener. So now, while he's a champion, should be getting a title shot because he, his team won war games and obviously pinned Adam Cole. So, but then at the same time, now you have Drew Balor in there. So maybe they do again. I think they're going to be doing a lot of big matches on Wednesday just to try to, you know, win some of the Wednesday Night Wars. So you can do a Rhea Ripley Shayna Baszler match. You can do any way you, you slice it. You can do Cole versus Champa versus be a three-way of Balor. You throw, you know, Matt Riddle in there. You know, uh, you, can, you can you can go that way with it. So there's a lot of different, you know, bring Kevin Owens in, uh, you know, because maybe they do Kevin Owens with Adam Cole. Yeah. Because, you know, you can say, well, you, you know, Kevin Owens is the reason why Team Champa won, and then you can do that match there. You, can, you know, so, and the next thing, they're not going to take over for Royal Rumble. Uh, they're doing one, a uh, standalone one in Portland in, like, the middle of February. Yeah, yeah, which is, it's like, kind of like a Royal Rumble, but, hey, when it, if it gets to stand by its own, they get to, like, shine on its own, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, see what happens. But all I thought both shows were great. I mean, I did say NXT did blow away. AW AW show still was fun. Obviously, the Jericho oh, yeah. Sky match was great, and obviously they started with it. That Jericho fifteen minutes. Yeah, promo, the uh, which is great. the uh, Thanksgiving celebration for the champion that was uh, phenomenal with his dad appearing there and uh, just all the. I thought the um, LAX well, proud and powerful got got to shine on the mic, be a little funny too, and Sammy. Sammy Guevara. A little, little bit of the 40. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of the 40. That was good stuff. And then uh, Jake Hagar bringing out the goat. <laughs> it's uh, Chris Jericho. It's like, oh, I love it. And they put the uh, the headband on Jericho, made him an honorary, uh, well, I forget what they call it. Yeah, honorary Bariqua. So the whole the whole segment was great, I thought. And then uh, SCU comes down as the band and attacks him. So I, th- I thought that was great. And, of course, Kenny Omega vs. Pac was the best match on AEW. Yeah, and then they, they set up. And I like how Jericho's winning with the uh, the walls of Jericho. So it's like he can beat you with the walls of Jericho. He can beat you with the codebreaker, and he can beat you with obviously the uh, the Judas effect. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I like how they're calling it the Lion Tamer now. Oh, are they? Yeah, they called it because well, I don't know. Sometimes, like before, when he would have it in a normal boss crowd, they called it the Walls Jericho. When he does that like high angle one, like Roddy Strong does, they call it the Lion Tamer. But uh, I believe X Calibur just called it Lion Tamer this time. So I was like, oh. well, no, I thought both shows were great. Um, I said I didn't see any ratings that came in. Yeah, me either. I don't know because of Thanksgiving. Maybe they're a little. Maybe yeah, you could be. It's a possibility. No, I'll try and search for it real quick. Wednesday night ratings and see what happens here. <laughs> Probably 
I'm assuming wrestling, maybe I'll just type in NXT. I've been on social media quite a bit the last two days, and usually I get tagged in something. Yeah. And so is this week nine? Yeah, week nine. Here we go. E-Wrestling News. Don't know how they are as, as it loads up here, but it's even when the show is like, oh, well, one show is better, it's still two really good shows. Like, yeah. And now some people are like, oh, that, that sucks. It's like, no, you got two really good shows. They're both better than Raw and SmackDown. So. Again, I think this was the worst AEW show, and it still was like an A-minus. Yeah, I, I was watching it. I was like, wow, we're at the main event already? Wow. Yeah. So, let's say, oh, this is a review. So, I, I, don't, I don't think there's any ratings out yet. I can look on ratings, but... Uh, no ratings yet. Well, we'll find out then. Yeah, we'll find out like five minutes after we get them recorded. I, I would think uh, NXT would have got stronger because it's after Survivor Series, and the people that maybe didn't know NXT are like, "Oh, let's check that out." And all the people that do know NXT is like, "Well, we gotta see what happens next." So yeah, yeah. Uh, all in all, great shows. I think NXT's on the own. I do think the NXT, if you were if you were to chop up each roster, I think NXT probably has the best roster in all of wrestling. I think they even beat up New Japan just based on better tag division. And uh, obviously, women's division. Yeah. Obviously, they don't have any women's division in New Japan. So, yeah. uh, all in all, great, great stuff. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about, or you want to wrap this up and do top five? No, not, I'm still playing Pokemon, so I'm, <laughs> I'm knee deep in Pokemon Sword and Shield. So, it, it's awesome. I really like it. I'm just putting tons of hours into there. I'm at over 35 already. So. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. So you have the shield, the shield one. Yeah, the shield, yeah. Them. So you have a different Pokemon in mind than as opposed to the sword. But if you find some of their game, you just trade for them. So no big deal. He has the shield. Yeah. He has the shield. All right. So well, let's uh, do top five. We'll finish with that. Obviously, it's your segment. So if you want to go first, you want me to go first. No, I'll go first. So since you mentioned it before, I was going to ask you real simple. It's, it's holiday time. <laughs> what are your top five flavors of pie? And I don't mean the, the uh, Rock's Poontang pie. Right. Let's go with chocolate. Okay. Uh, cheesecake count? Yeah, why, why not throw that in there? Cheesecake, pumpkin. Okay. Uh, Amber makes this really good apple crumb. Mm. And my mom makes this. My dad loves pecans, so my mom's been making this phenomenal pecan pie for as long as I remember. So, those are my five. Oh, okay. So, I'm, I'll have pumpkin on mine. Blueberry, that's one of my favorite. Strawberry, it'll <laughs> be the same here. Blackberry, I don't know if you ever blackberry pie. Phenomenal. And then for the last one, I'll say peach pie. So, Alright, so top one. five would be this, you know, yeah, obviously we have a couple days off, so between Thursday and Friday, we're recording this on Saturday, obviously Saturday's not done, but well, give me your top five favorite things that you have done or are going to do. You could say, I slept in, I went to the gym, or I had 19 milkshakes, <laughs> anything else, what are your top five favorite things that you have, uh, you've done with this holiday break? Okay, uh, obviously, ate lots of food, with good food, with my family, so we'll say that one, uh... Play Pokemon. <laughs> well, that one that is not going to not going to work on Thanksgiving was pretty good. And then I went uh, got the Black Friday deals online. Let's add that. And then yesterday I went to a bunch of auctions with my friends. So that's that's my five. How about yours? There you go. Mine would be obviously spend time with my family mm-hmm. uh, with Thanksgiving. Uh, watched a whole bunch of Ring of Honor, as you mentioned. Got caught up on sleep. I usually get five or six hours of sleep, so it's been a whole bunch of naps and just being able to sleep in, just kind of just come and go as I please when it comes to it comes to workouts. Uh, but my last two would um, my uh, my aunt, my aunt Marge. Uh, I have a very close relationship with her. She's the one that basically got me to do, you know, geek stuff. Because I probably mentioned this podcast before. When my parents were would go out on dates. My we would stay over at my aunt's house, and we would always watch the Star Wars original trilogy and the '89 Batman movie. So what happened was obviously my break from work uh, for the end of the year is going to come right around the time that Episode Nine comes out. So okay, which is the twenty first, right? Or is it before that? I think it's the 21st. 
20th. Well, the 21st. Oh, yeah, yeah. 21st is the Thursday, yeah. So, I told her, if you want to go to... I feel like turned her uh, switch on. So I told her when I saw her on Thursday night while well, I heard her sit down with my girlfriend, I said, hey, you know, I know because she just retired back in the summer. I said, I have all these days off. So if you want to go to Star Wars with me? She's like, yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. So it's, it's going to be nice and we spend some time with my aunt. However, my favorite thing that happened this weekend was my, not my aunt, same aunt, is a published author. She has three published books oh, that are out. Wow. Yeah, so you, you can buy her books on Amazon. You have to get the... Uh, and now she's retired, so she's going to be coming out more stuff. Well, she pulled Lily aside, and I'm, you know, I'm sure you've seen Lily's drawings on social media, and Lily loves to draw, so she pulled Lily aside on Thanksgiving night, and she said that she got greenlit to do a children's book, and she wants Lily to illustrate it. Oh, so nice. that's awesome. Sometime in the year 2020, my daughter will be a published uh, artist. How about that? Or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. That's great. Like, even if she never does anything else with it ever again, that's cool. She'll be like, hey, here's the book that I drew for when I was, what, 14, yeah, is she? It, like, that's yeah, awesome. She actually yeah, 15, so she just walked in the room okay. and started rapping. It's like, we're telling her how you're going to be a published uh, illustrator next year. You're going to have book. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that was, a, it was, you know, obviously it was a, as always excellent, uh, you know, excellent time off, good time to recharge the batteries. Mm-hmm. So I think that's about it. I know. I got some college football, some wrestling to watch, and you got some Pokemon Shield to play. Yeah, I got so. Pokemon to catch. They ain't catching themselves. <laughs> They're not going to catch them all. Yeah, Lily wants. She says she wants it, so I don't know. Maybe Santa talking. I hope she. I hope she gets it. I think she'll like it. <laughs> so, all right, sir. Well, I'll get my social media. These guys want to get a hold of me. Want to talk about anything? Want to talk about some older Ring of Honor stuff, or you know, whatever you want to chat about other than Pokemon, because I don't know any of that. <laughs> so, you, 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 I'll have to talk about <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need to talk to my daughter about Lily, will help you out with it. So, you guys want to hit me up on Instagram or and or the Twitter, it's uh, Matt underscore Turner OF. And uh, obviously, if you want the shirts too, as well, hit me up or hit up uh, the uh, fancy gentleman Andy Header, and he'll tell you how to, how to get the shirts. Yeah, so if you want to get one of the sweet blue gold shirts blue and black available you can find us on the social media you find me and you head on facebook and instagram and i will get you a shirt if i have to ship it to you it'll be 25 but if i can give it to you in person well, it'll be 20 and they are very nice shirts so i guess that's about it for episode what are we at 77 right 77 and i'm gonna call it <laughs> what was i just thinking about po- what did i just say about pokemon they ain't gonna catch themselves <laughs> They ain't gonna catch themselves, 77. They ain't gonna listen to themselves. You gotta go down. Yeah. So, until 78, see you later.